We're going to head to Turkey now where overnight the death toll has reached five figures. Sarah Granolch has been reporting for Channel 7. Sarah, good morning to you. We can hear some sirens in the background there. Uh, just describe for us what the latest is. Good morning, guys. Yeah, these sirens are constant. They have been going right throughout the day. Uh, at the moment, I'm standing in the city of Iskanderun, which is in southern Turkey. It's on the Mediterranean coast uh, in front of several collapsed buildings. It is so hard to fathom the scale of this disaster. Um, but what I will tell you about is what we have been so lucky to witness today. Not one, but two rescues of survivors. So the first one uh, happened at 4pm local time this afternoon. This is Wednesday afternoon. You've got to remember the quake hit on Monday morning at 4am. Uh, we, we went over to this building. There was a search and rescue operation going on, mostly involving volunteers and civilians because they are not specialists. And they told us there were 11 people under there, but they just um, found someone alive. So for the next one and a half hours, there was this frantic but delicate operation. Uh, they were calling for shovels. They were removing rubble piece by piece. And then this moment that I don't think anyone who was here will ever forget, I certainly will not, uh, when they found this woman alive, they pulled her out after 60 hours beneath the rubble. Uh, she was calling out for her son. She was conscious. And then two hours later, uh, there was a second rescue two doors down. Of course, they don't look like buildings anymore, but, but just down the road, um, this other woman, a 47-year-old, she was pulled out conscious by a different rescue team, um, put into a waiting ambulance. Her sister-in-law was on site, uh, spoke to one of the rescuers afterwards, and he said that she was conscious enough to say thank you to her saviour, but pulled her out 62 hours on from this quake. So uh, wow. it was absolutely remarkable. They are rare stories. Um, the more common experience, his body is being retrieved, and we have seen countless um, bodies being moved, pulled out from these buildings, body bags left on the street. They're so stretched, the crews here, the volunteers, that they just can't get around to collect all these bodies in time. So they're, they're lying here in blankets or in body bags until someone can get them. And um, the most tragic thing that, that we heard firsthand today was just around the corner from these rescues, there was this volunteer who looked so traumatised. He had just found a baby. The baby's mother clinging on to the baby, and then they kept digging further, and they found the father who had been trying to shield both the mother and the baby. All three were dead. They'd um, removed them, and then they um, had to leave their bodies on the side of the road to wait for more volunteers to come and pick them up. So uh, it is absolutely tragic here, and this oh. is a scene being repeated across southern Turkey and in Syria. That's just horrible, Sarah. How um how long is this rescue? operation going to go on for? Because as you said, Wednesday afternoon in Turkey, the quakes happened on on Monday. There would still be people who are alive. And, and, and I imagine how, how hard would it be to say to families who are desperate for news of their loved ones, we, we're just going to have to stop it. I imagine they'd, they'd, want, to, they'd want to keep going for oh. as long as they can. Oh, and this is the thing. It's now, um, I think, about 10.30 at night here, um, and, and you've probably heard that massive dig-up just go past me while we've, um, while we've been talking because the rescue operation is still undergoing. They've got uh, some floodlights here. Um, no one is giving up hope at all, at least on this street where we are. I'm sure there are other areas where they have determined that it's simply been too long. And you have to remember the other thing is how cold it is. It's yeah. um, about... It feels like temperature at the moment is one degree here where I am, but in Gaziantep and other areas closest to the mountains, it's well below zero. Uh, it's snowing the other day as well. So um, usually the, the, the window for finding survivors in quakes, according to the experts, is about 72 hours. 
Um, I never in a million years thought that we would witness firsthand people being pulled out alive today. Um, when it happened, it, it was it was just and imagine the um, the psychological strength you would need to be under that rubble for two and a half full days yeah. and two freezing nights. Um, and, and and you know to see that was just yeah something that I. I I hope I will never see again. It's, it's the scale of this disaster, like I said, is so hard to fathom. Because we're in one city in the hardest hit province, but it's by no means um, being called the hardest hit city. There's places that are, that are being deemed to be far worse than this. And from what we're seeing, it's hard to imagine anything that could be worse. And, and to give you a bit of an idea of what else is going on here, so a couple of k's away, there's this massive port fire, which you may have seen pictures of over the past few days, uh, which has been burning since the quake on Monday morning. So that is still going on. We had a Russian water bomber fly over us at one stage this afternoon. Uh, then the intensive care unit of this big public hospital has also collapsed. So there's a mission going on there. Uh, the sirens, again, you might be able to hear them in the background as more aid is through. It's also it's so chaotic. I don't think any government anywhere would have a handbook on how to deal with something like this. The, the scale is so immense. The, the destruction is so widespread. And then also, you've got to remember, it's also happening in Syria, and it, it's so hard for media crews to actually access that area, um, given that it's being controlled by rebels, given the you know the civil war that has been going on there for almost 12 years now. So this isn't just happening in one country. It's happening in two. Mm. Turkish president made that point precisely, saying just simply cannot ever be prepared for a disaster of this scale. Sarah, an uh, incredible report. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Sarah Greenwich for 7 News in Turkey. Got to say, the, the images that accompany Sarah's reporting are some mm. of the hardest to watch. I don't oh, know what it is about this particular sure, yeah. disaster. I don't know if it's the, the proliferation of phone technology now has just reached a critical mass where every little moment is captured or, or we've mm. got different... The things people choose to take pictures of and show, maybe our sensibilities have changed, but my God, I, just some of the images out of this disaster, among the worst I've ever seen. Well, I would, or the most heart-wrenching I would, I've ever yeah. seen, I'll say, put it that way. I would never suggest that people who don't have kids aren't capable of feeling empathy, because I think that there are there are people who don't have kids who are who are more empathetic in some cases than people who do. But I do think, like your personal circumstances, mate, remember last year when you Correct. said- Oh, I, I'm happy to say we we did a story on the other the night the news the other night, and we used to always joke that I was the Ice Man, yeah. and I kind of was. Mm. Um, and but there was this, I don't even I can't I struggle to even talk about it now. Yeah. But it was on the news the other night, and having to come back and read a story after it, and I thought I'm not going to be able to do this mm. to the point that that we sort of Rosanna and I started distracting ourselves last night well, considering the pictures because we've literally got a job to do. But mm. I just find some of it harrowing, and you're right. You have so, something obviously clicks in your brain when you have a child. Well, yeah, despite well, what you were like before, well, I think what it does is there are moments where something becomes particularly relatable. Yes, uh, and and you and you start your mind wanders into a personal space, and you think, oh, what if that was me? Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it as we said, plenty of people without kids feel exactly the same. Absolutely. Way, but- Sometimes it can get you in a in a unique way, As and you can't me. shake yeah. it. Yeah, mm. for a lot of people, and something about this disaster too is just we feel so close to it. Weirdly, yeah. There's some of the individual stories. Usually they're numbers, mm. but there's some so many individual stories that are being told that are mm. uh, just awful. David Penberthy and Will Goodings, six to nine, five double A breakfast.